And we are back, folks. Another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider, your in-depth analysis, insight, and perspective on Michigan football and basketball recruiting. And we're going to dive into both on this episode of the podcast with big happenings seemingly on both visitors, decisions on the on the horizon. No better crew in the land to talk about all of that with than the guys over at TMI, the crew, my brothers, Steve Lorenz. How are you today? Great. Great. Hope you guys are doing well. Absolutely. And Bryce, getting cold feet, Bryce. Getting close, Bryce. Getting close, man. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I know the temperature's dropping around here, but it's getting a little hotter in this room. So, no, I'm, I'm doing okay still. Hey, man, they call it the ball and chain for a reason. Once you cross that threshold, that's it. It's over. Time for until death do you part. You ready for that? That's how they usually go, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You're not supposed to talk about contingencies before you actually get married. You're not supposed to plan for the contingency. You're supposed to yeah. It's still I'm good. Listen, man, I'm I'm all set. You know, I mean, she she understands my job. She worked worked around it. You know what I mean? So okay. And like you said, you even took a recruiting visit around her, right? Because you went out to Cali, and then you were I you know, did. style and all of that. So Zeke Barry, correct? Yeah, she's a winner. If she's mm. in, if she's in like that, letting you, you know, plan family trips around recruiting or recruiting around family trips. So, well, if we have little ones coming, that might change. But, <laughs> but hey, I tell you this, you know, when when my kid, well, I guess we got a little, a uh, really little one again now, but we would take. My boys, like when we go to AAU tournaments or we, I'd make a family trip. So you got to do that as much as we grind. You got to, tr- you got to try to make some of them family things if you can. I mean, that's been my experience anyway, you know, take been with the same woman for 25 years. So doing, doing something right. I was say you, you the love doctor. You I, told I, me. Man, hey, I made a lot of mistakes early on. So people don't want to hear about that though. They want to hear about some recruiting. And, and before we dive in, though, remember, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. It's available wherever they get their podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. And if you're watching this podcast on our YouTube channel, be sure to like and subscribe to that. So you'll get notifications whenever we add new content on the video channel, which is going up more and more these days. We're going to keep adding to that. And then, of course... The creme de la creme, where it all goes down, over on the MichiganInsider.com. One dollar gets you in your first month. You get all the insight and intel from the message board to all of this other content that we do. And, of course, all our VIP articles that get you across the 24-7 Sports Network. You cannot beat it. It is an outstanding value, especially once you become a full-paying member. You also get Paramount+. Plus. So uh, a lot of bang for your buck. But, guys, recruiting. It was a significant recruiting weekend for Michigan in that it wasn't big in number, but in terms of profile, in terms of significance to the class, I don't know how you guys feel. I feel like after quarterback, the biggest need in this class is corner. I mean, look at the depth on this team right now. And so Jamon Green, DJ Turner, I mean, probably I would say both are gone. I think both could have a COVID year, but, I think both are gone after this year. Then you talk about Will Johnson. Maybe I, I'm a big Jaden McBurrow's believer, but you want to see how he comes back from that injury. I said uh, when we first started seeing Amarion on 
Marion Walker on defense that Steve, they actually need him. Part of it is keeping him happy using that talent, you know, killing two birds with one stone, but you actually need him at that position for depth. So getting back to the point, they got to get not one corner, not two corners, maybe even three corners in this class to really help bolster the depth on the roster next year and beyond. Yeah, for sure. And, and they're in on some of the right guys too, right? I mean, we've talked about Chris Peel, Jair Hill. I don't know where the JV and Tobiano stuff is, probably sticking down south. But uh, Peel's a guy, another theme, you know, quiet, right? I know you did get to finally talk to, had a good conversation with him, Sam, after his official. Uh, not a kid that has played his cards, though, very openly about his recruitment. But yeah, super, super important. You know, the bigger official visit weekends, it's not always, like you said, it's not always about having the most kids on campus. Hell, we look back at July, the one week, the one weekend they hosted the guy. I don't think they got one kid or maybe they got right. They might have gotten one kid right. out of that entire weekend, right. you know. So having a kid like Peel, yeah, like you said, at a huge position of need in, in 23 is maybe more important than hosting five or six highly ranked guys where maybe you get two uh, at, at most or whatever, depending. But but yeah, I mean. Seems like Michigan's really been on the on the, on the inside of this one for a long time. You know, Georgia's been a factor for a while. There's a little bit of pull for NC State, I think, to possibly stay closer to home. I feel like uh, there's someone else sniffing around too with him. But but Michigan's been involved here for forever. The difference was he was a three-star guy who didn't talk much early on in his recruitment, so he kind of got lost under the shuffle a little bit. Now his ranking is starting to reflect his ability a little bit more. And now, and I mean, we've talked about him a few times. We've made it crystal clear. Uh, he is one of the most important targets left on Michigan's board. And uh, yeah, got to think depth chart will play a faithful, will play a favorable role in this one too, just like it would with Jair Hill. Yeah. I think, I think that's the thing that maybe is hindering Georgia uh, a bit. Cause they, they're loaded in this class at corner. Right. So, I mean, that's not to say that Chris Peel couldn't go in there and compete. He certainly could. He has that kind of talent. But if you have other really viable options where the depth chart is more favorable, I would think, and I do think that that favors those teams over over um, over Georgia. But I, the fact that he doesn't talk much and the fact that he did talk after this visit I, it is a little telling to me, right? I mean, it's... Yeah, I went down to see him, so that's that's part of it, but that's not all of it, right? I, I think that he's feeling really good about Michigan right now. I think one of the bigger hurdles was my, the distance and mom, right? And so I talked to her for a bit. I actually have a blog coming up about this later. By the time this podcast hits, you can go and actually read her comments. But I I feel like she's much more comfortable with the distance. I think she's much more comfortable with the with the people. I feel like North Carolina State was the bigger threat because it was closer to home. And and North Carolina State is actually doing pretty, you know, pretty well this season. I think they're like, aren't they top 15? Still, I don't have the rankings in front of me, but they they're uh, pretty good on the on the field this year, too. So, you know, you got a, an option closer to home that's no slouch. But I think they got a much better appreciation for the magnitude of Michigan. The magnitude of the the academics here, you know, one of the top-ranked public schools in the country, one of the top-ranked engineering schools in the country. I think they got a better sense of the magnitude of the football program going to a game in the 
in the big house against UConn. It was still packed, right? Uh, and they got they got a chance to really get a lot of one-on-one attention from the entire coaching staff, from, from Denar Robinson to Jim Harbaugh to, of course, the most important, which was Steve Klingscale. And the thing that really rang to me as I was really resonated as I was talking to him, he said, you know, his teaching style I can really rock with. I can really vibe with that. Just sitting down in a meeting, I felt like this is the guy that I'm really going to be able to pick things up from, I'm really going to be able to understand. And, you know, seeing where he is in his development, you know, he was an offensive guy. And he he told me point blank when I went to see him back in the spring, I didn't know what I was doing last year. I'm still learning the position. So he is really, you know, intensely looking at the teaching and development part of it. And I think Michigan kind of checked that box too. So the, the, the thing that is a bit of a hindrance is Michigan was supposed to be the last visit, right? So, so it's, it's a plus and a minus here. The plus is he was scheduled to go to South Carolina last weekend. You guys might remember in the summer when I was saying, Hey, where is he going to go that weekend? You know, South Carolina saying he's coming down there, but, I'm here in Michigan is having him in on the 16th. Well, Michigan requested the 16th and he moved to visit. <laughs> he moved his South Carolina visit. So that's the positive part of it, right? The not so positive part of it, Bryce, is they he moved his South Carolina visit to October 1st. So now South Carolina is the last bit. They get the last shot at it. And it, maybe it would have been good for him to be at South Carolina last weekend to see him get the brakes beat off of him by by Georgia, but as it stands, they'll get the last visit. And then, as he said, he'll make his decision right after that. But he also said he's feeling he's feeling a lot closer to making a decision on the heels of coming to Michigan. I'm just I'm liking the tea leaves right now, but South Carolina is going to be last up to bat. I mean, we can ask, you know, Nicholas Harbor how his trip went to South Carolina. I know he was there, so we can ask how he felt. Ooh. That experience went, um, but no, I, you know, this is a high priority type of kid at a position of need. This is a guy that they've been on for quite some time. And we talked about this with Caden McDonald, where I think this was a very good strategy by Michigan, bring him up as the lone official visitor. You know, they've done that now for the past two, I guess, recruiting weekends in a row and really try to, I guess, personalize establish a more custom you know visit experience and i think he and his mom kind of got that from what i'm gathering from you know your talks with them and such so he does have all those teammates at providence day that michigan is recruiting and that they michigan really wants but i think michigan kind of i don't want to say pushing the them to the side but saying hey you're our guy for this cycle. You're the guy we want first. You're the guy we really need. He's making a difference in this recruitment. And like you said, he does have that upcoming official to South Carolina. But from what I'm seeing out of South Carolina, I don't know. It's a little, it's a little shaky down there right now. And as far as what I'm seeing on Michigan's side, you know, I, I get it. He got to see UConn. They get, he got to see a game against UConn. That's not the greatest team to play against. But at the same time, he's seeing a lot of young guys. A lot of young guys got to play. So that's always a good thing. And he's seeing success. You know, So those two ingredients are as good when you can come up on a visit and experience for yourself. I, I just think this is a kid where 
probably they need to land. You know, this is one that I, I hate to say like a must land, but he's kind of falling out under that category right now. Yeah, they got to. So, so I don't. They got to land some of these guys, whether it's whether it's Chris Peel, Jair Hill, um, uh, guy down in, in Georgia that you went to see that's committed to Florida. Oh, um, Aaron Gates. Aaron Gates. Aaron Gates. Yeah. Any, any, or, or all of them, or Jeremiah Love, who they're recruiting is, they, they just, they need at least two of those guys. I was like, going to say, they need at least two out of that, what, four? Yeah. They'll, they'll take three, but they'll take three because well. they, they got to get some. They got to yeah, get Obviously. Class, yeah. But, but Chris Peel is the closest, right? Right. He's the closest to making a decision. He's going to make a decision in early October now. And I think Michigan is trending after after this visit. So maybe South Carolina, they they do. Beamer does a great job. Kids rave about him as a recruiter. But I mean, man, if all things being, if distance really isn't a factor, and I encourage folks to check out this this blog where you can hear mom's comment or you can see mom's comments on the whole distance factor and how she's really feeling about Michigan. Not the article with Chris, but. Just mom herself. By the time this podcast is published, it'll be up. Check it out and see what I'm talking about. See if you don't come away from that feeling like, yeah, Michigan is trending for this dude. And he he's just scratching the surface of what he can be. He's what you want. He's a legit six foot plus. He's loose in the hips and he is fast. And he wants to play defense. That's the thing, Steve. Like going to watch him play, he was a killer on offense. It was like, man, you got any? Any uh, designs on maybe playing both ways in in college? He said, "Well, if, if a school wanted me to," but he said, "I'm a I'm a defensive back. I'm a corner." It's like, oh man, you, <laughs> you the, the defensive back coaches are like, hell yeah, that's exactly what I want to hear, right? So, so this is a, this is a big one. We'll see how we'll see how it goes. But Bryce wasn't the only noteworthy visitor, only official visitor, but there was another, you know, kind of striking appearance at the game. And that was a commitment to Notre Dame who happens to hail from West Bloomfield, but still committed to Notre Dame, Brandon Davis Swain. Yeah. So every, you know, every weekend it's expected at this point, we're going to see a couple guys from West Bloomfield, the local powerhouse high school here in the state of Michigan with obviously a couple guys committed there and Amir Herring and Samaj Morgan. But it was interesting because I saw another face with that group kind of roaming the sidelines and watching the game, which was, as you said, Brandon Davis Swain, who has what people don't maybe know a little of his background real quick. He's a 2024 defense alignment, top 100 player overall in the composite 247 sports. And he's a guy that actually took a visit to Notre Dame. I want to say it was for their spring game in the spring. And he committed. And even if you watch that video, when he committed with Marcus Freeman, even Marcus Freeman was like, he had a double take, he said. Oh, wow. Like, like, it was a shock. You know, like, no one was expecting him to commit to Notre Dame. I'm not saying down the road he wasn't going to commit to the Fighting Irish, but at the time, it was a big surprise, you know. Fast forward, and you got all this recruiting hype, you know, in this offseason with Notre Dame, and they got, I think it's either the number one or number two class in the, the 2024 cycle for them, but they're off to a little shaky start there, you know, under his – uh regime and so i think that i don't want to say that's opened the door a little but the biggest thing when i wrote about this when i saw him there was obviously he's got his head coach 
on staff at Michigan. He's got former players and teammates on the current roster. He's got a couple future teammates going to Michigan there and now current teammates, as I said, in Samaj and Amir. So he could have just been going up just to hang out, right? He could have. That's that's a possibility. Now, the other possibility is he's interested in Michigan. He sees what they're doing. He sees what Notre Dame's doing. And maybe he's rethinking things, you know? And I know at the time, the other big thing and kind of thing people are kind of wondering is position fit at Michigan. Because I know when Mike Elston got the job actually coming from Notre Dame, people weren't sure how he would fit into Michigan's new look defense because he is a bit of a tweener at 6'4", 245. He comes off the edge. But if you look at some of the guys Michigan has gotten committed in this cycle, they're very long, lean, and they have very different measurables, you know. So I don't know. People had talked about position fit, if that was an issue there. I'm not sure if that's still the case. But it's just my opinion. I think he definitely has interest in Michigan. And I think if Michigan were to really, really push, I think they have a great shot to land him. Now, a lot would have to fall into place. The chips would have to fall in the perfect direction. But I think just the first step, the first crack in the sidewalk where we could see maybe that little chink in the armor of Marcus Freeman's recruiting because it's all funny games when you haven't coached, right? And then you start coaching and you lose to Marshall and you barely beat Cal, you know, and it's like you got North Carolina coming up this weekend and you're like, what's what's this going to look like? So lots unpacked there, but right now, you know, that was definitely noteworthy to just see him there at the game. Yeah, it's when when it's the first game of the season and you're like, we got to analyze everything. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty dicey. There now, so you know you got Michigan fans in the comments saying, "Well, let's let's just slow the roll on Notre Dame." Look, it, it we aren't saying that Notre Dame's going to fall off the map. We're saying that there's an opportunity. There is an opportunity for you to maybe revisit, just like we talked about in the last podcast, to revisit some of those targets, uh, targets that Michigan has been keeping in contact with. Like Brandon Davis Swain doesn't just show up out the out the blue, right? They've been in contact with him. They've been you know, maintaining the relationship. So, hey, you want to come on a visit? That's how it goes. You know, when you see an opening, now you invite a kid for a visit. It seems like seems like that's going on. Uh, you put in a crystal ball coming off the weekend too, Bryce. With I the did. Stewart, right? I did for a kid that you know extremely well. I yes, uh, Bolingbrook, Illinois, four-star 2024 athlete, Marianne Stewart. He's a guy that actually, you know, he got offered in the spring, and then he actually came up in the summertime. And I think Michigan liked him, but they didn't at the at the time necessarily loved him, right? He comes up for the summer. Um, I think it was for the barbecue too. Barbecue, he had. And they had a morning portion during the morning portion. They had a workout, you know, where they did little workouts and little training and stuff like that. Michigan worked him out, and after that, you know, session they had with him, they're like, "This is a guy. Like (laughs) this, this, right? This." He's yep. a top target. Going forward, this is a top target. Ron Bellamy, the wide receivers coach, has formed a very good relationship with him and his family throughout this process. But I think it went a step further after that performance that they saw at the barbecue. Um, and so he was another kind of surprise visitor that came up for the UConn game. 
now he's gotten to experience the game inside the big house. That was his first experience. And he told me, hey, the big house is just a vibe. He said it was a fantastic time he had there. He loved everything about it. He really likes the coaching staff. And obviously, being from Illinois, he's familiar with a lot of the players on the current roster. You know, Tyler McLaurin is from his same high school. Todd Howard, future uh, past Wolverine, was the coach there. I don't know if he's still the coach at Bolingbrook. But I think the biggest thing that I thought was the most interesting is, Sam, did you watch uh, A.J. Henning? Yeah, man. Uh, Did you notice how they used him? I did. Okay. Okay. Because Amari Stewart is a Swiss Army knife, do it all kind of playmaker on the offensive side of the ball. And it's funny because Michigan has talked about using him in several different ways and has compared him to a fellow Illinois native, AJ Henning. And isn't just ironic that they happen to use him in a just couple of different <laughs> I ways. There I was going to ask Steve about that. Like, he, Amaria shows up. And they break out. I mean, we've been talking about AJ being used like Debo Samuel since the summer, right? First two games, he's you see him here or there, but not like we just. I mean, they they gave it to him on a counter. Now he didn't follow his blockers on the counter, right? He could have maybe scored a touchdown. But the point is, they handed it to him. They threw it to him. He returned a, a punt. I mean, he returned punts. It was that Swiss Army sort of vision, that Debo Samuel vision, Steve, and. By all accounts, Amarion Stewart is a bigger ver- or a taller version of AJ Henning. So that that's a good advertisement, is it not? It always is, and and <clears throat> what always plays to Michigan's advantage in these situations is that they there's a long track record of them doing what they say they will with some of these guys recruiting wise, right? I mean, you know, think about all the ways they use Jabril. Uh, they've had plenty of two way players. Uh, throughout Jim Harbaugh's tenure. Jim Harbaugh had plenty of two-way players back at Stanford. Uh, you know, so there's a long track. You know, a lot of coaches may just tell guys like that what they want to hear. Uh, but, yeah, no, when they handed the ball off, I kind of chuckled because I was like, "There's <laughs> that's not a coincidence, like you guys said. Not a coincidence at all that uh, uh, that he saw the ball in about every way imaginable on Saturday. You know, kind of the right opponent to maybe test drive it a little bit. Uh, but – Game-wise, I think I can see him trying that stuff again uh, regardless. But either way, yeah, you're a kid like Stewart. They're already telling you this. You go to a game, you see it live and in person, you're like, okay. They're really willing to actually, you know, they, they're backing it up uh, and letting letting a guy like Henning show, showcase a, the wide variety of abilities that he already has. Yeah, so I'm close to not quite there. Be on the lookout for uh, a lengthy interview with Amarion as well, to because you know I, I guess I'm a little more conservative than than my brothers here when it comes to, and you guys are more conservative than a lot of people when it comes to throwing in those crystal balls, right? We don't just throw throw down crystal balls because Michigan's leading for a guy or another school is leading for a guy. We got to feel like that that kid's gonna go to that place, or because like, a kid visited Michigan <laughs> once, <laughs> right? So. No, we don't do it like that. We we put a lot of criteria. It has to meet a lot of criteria for us to throw in a, a crystal ball. I, mean, I want to get a, a real feel from Amarion uh, before I throw one in. And so uh, we have that interview coming. But, Steve, you were sort of teetering on potentially maybe – or put it this way. You didn't you didn't put one in, but 
he's you have a guy on the radar that you're considering it, and that's the a big time kid right here from the state of Michigan that visited for the Hawaii game, Brady Prescorn. Yeah, the top 100 uh, Rochester Adams product. Yeah, no, I, Michigan uh, basically, you know, explicitly told that Michigan feels like they're in really good shape with him. Uh, posted that in an insider piece I did the other day. Our friend Alan came in, a uh, little, <laughs> little bit of a wet blanket on that one, said he's heard some Michigan State stuff too. That was, you know, I love Alan to death, don't get me wrong. Uh, it was kind of funny actually, but um, – you know, the thing with Prescorn, I know Bryce went and saw him a few weeks ago. Uh, Sam, you're going to go see him this weekend. You know, we talk about quiet kids with Chris Peel, uh, Prescorn, maybe even more so. I think, I, I think I'd even been told once that uh, he doesn't pick up staff phone calls from, like, coaches and stuff every once in a while. Like, he's just one of those kids that does the recruiting thing on his own time, uh, compl- whether it be interviews, which I don't think he's ever done it less in person, or even with the actual coaching staffs that want him. Uh, but elite prospect either way, a guy we've talked about a little bit, starting to talk about more. I know, Bryce, you found out what well, he'd already been up three times, and we didn't know it. We had, right. Nobody had any clue that he'd already been up to campus three times and right. then visits for the Hawaii game last week. You know, So four visits already. Uh, and, again, Michigan needs tight ends. Uh, they're losing a lot at tight end uh, after this season. And 24 is loaded at the tight end position. Prescorn's one right in their backyard. I think they even have a – I think Allen reported earlier there's a kid out in state visiting this weekend at tight end to a guy that – I can't remember his name, but Kentucky offered earlier this week. So no shortage of guys that Michigan's after, but Prescorn is at or like very, very, very near the top. So uh, would be huge. Again, we look at Grant Newsom as being already being a huge asset on the recruiting trail. He's got a great ability to connect with kids in like a legit way and uh, got to think – I always, I always kind of think sometimes, and we talked about this before, I kind of sometimes think those quieter kids maybe gravitate towards Michigan a little bit. Some, I don't know if it's just a coincidence, but it does feel like they get a lot of guys that don't really do the recruiting thing or aren't really super into the whole recruiting deal. So, um, you know, you never know. I know Notre Dame involved there too. And then, like I said, Alan mentioned Michigan State being a factor. But at least, like I said, like I reported that based off of like explicit that Michigan feels very good at where they stand uh, right now and the four trips to campus that's a lot early on whether an in-state guy or not I don't care that's a lot of trips to, to one campus and and I would imagine like I don't know I don't know when he was up there the first two times but uh probably not that long ago so so yeah we'll be interesting to see yeah and look we we have long been of the mind that yeah on one game or even the course of a season, in and of itself, doesn't just swing a recruitment. But if things start to go south, uh, I, I do see it as an opening for other schools. And so it'll be interesting to see how things develop for, for Michigan State this season. I mean, this is a monster game for them. It's not a monster game nationally, but a monster game for them against Minnesota this week. Like, if, if they don't bounce back from the the defensive debacle that – that we saw them experience out at the hands of one Mr. Michael Penix Jr. was just unbelievable against Michigan State again. But everyone's unbelievable passing against Michigan State, right? How could It's hard to look worse defensively uh, in the secondary than they looked last year. They managed to do it. Like they I, I was looked- gonna say, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, mean, I was going to say, I watched the highlights and, like, 
I think we could have hit some of those receivers that, I mean, again, Michael Penick's hell of a game looked great, but man, I mean, you're talking, I think that touchdown that put him up to 29 was like, there was nobody within 20 yards of that guy in any directions. Like how on earth, you know? So (laughs) if they lose to Minnesota, you could see, you know, over the next five, I could see them going 0 and 5 or 1 and 4 in the next, uh, in the next five games. So it, it is, this is a monster game. And then we, we find out Minnesota's for real, too. That's not relevant to Michigan recruiting. It's relevant to the Big Ten West, which is putrid, right? So, but someone has to win it. And if if they go to East Lansing and come out of there with a victory and, and, and basically tap dance on Michigan State, uh, without their number one receiver, Chris Altman Bell is out for the seat. Did you so sidebar? If he if Chris Altman Bell comes back, you know he'll be a seventh year senior. He'll be a seven. I've never heard of a seventh year senior. He'll be a seventh year senior. So what's Sean Clifford? Or Perry Ellis for Kansas. Remember, remember I Perry know. Ellis for Kansas yeah. <laughs> basketball. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, man. I, I saw his hairline. It's like, bro, come on. Just let's shave it off. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> it's, it's, time, it's time to let go. Let go and let God, as they say. When your, when your hairline starts running from your forehead, let it go. Let it go. <laughs> anyway, I digress. I digress. Um, big visit weekend, fellas. Big visit weekend this weekend. As one Mr. Nicholas Harbor takes his official to Michigan uh, this weekend. And this is... Um, this is... This is what they call the first string quarterback QB one. What what would you call like the number one recruit? What would that be, Bryce? I, I don't know. I, is, I don't I know. know. What's, what's the it? man, the man. <laughs> right. He is. He is absolutely the guy on the board for them. He would be the class centerpiece. Uh, probably any class he commits to, but certainly Michigan's uh, and of the big timers they're on. He is the one that they have the best shot at. He's coming off a visit to South Carolina and he he witnessed South Carolina get destroyed get destroyed I mean it's so bad that <laughs> I mean you got Beamer he's he's yelling at at they're celebrating the female students the female student athletes in the end zone he comes out like get off the field you, he's feeling stressed out he said he didn't he didn't know who was on the field he didn't know it was the female but still you understand that's a stressed out coach Right, that is a stressed out coach, and you saw South Carolina look a long way away, a long way away from being uh, in the in the building with them. Now they say the same thing about Michigan, but Michigan is a lot closer than South Carolina. Here's the thing: you can't get too carried away with that because Bryce and Steve, he's such a unique kid, and you know it, he said something that resonated with me long after the fact. Uh, with about choosing Carol, like so, you got you could go to IMG, or you don't even have to go far. You could stay in in the DMV and go to Gonzaga. You could go to Good Counsel. I mean, there are powerhouses right there, and he chooses Carol. And I didn't know until I went there that you know there are layers and levels uh, to the Catholic League in in DC, and so they're the uh, Carol. They're the upstarts. They're the underdogs. You know, they're they're not the high-profile 
school like the others. They, you know, they're the they're the grinders, if you will. And he chose to go there, a school that hadn't won a whole lot. And he was like, okay, I'm gonna help put them on the map. So I say that to say, Steve, uh, as bad as it was for South Carolina for them to get destroyed in front of them, I don't necessarily think there that's a disqualifier for for them. This is a very unique kid that has very unique criteria for for, uh, for picking a school. So this is the only only this would happen in Michigan portion of the podcast where, where a guy where a top target goes and watches the another team he's, that's recruiting him get the absolute doors beat off him. The head coach looks like an idiot after the game and it might help that team. And, and right. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it always is. Um, but all, I mean, the track stuff is, is, is super real with him too. Right. I mean, that's where I think the biggest, you uh, need the most unique part of this recruitment really comes into play. So, you know, I know that he, his dad, Will Fong talked to his dad uh, either last night, this morning, um, and they mentioned the educational stuff. And again, you know, okay, like there's no way Michigan is not, not even head and shoulders, like leaps and bounds ahead of South Carolina, LSU as far as the academic stuff goes, right? I mean, if they're looking for, if they're looking for the educational, stuff and it's that important Michigan should that should be the foundation for Michigan to make a big move this weekend let alone the fact they're a top five team in the country um are producing guys at edge and receiver wherever he wants to play uh you know so yeah I mean but, but the track stuff has been has long been the wild not even really the wild card it's just been a really big factor in this one so I think that's got to be another area where Michigan's going to have to impress even if they're not publicly saying that they need to impress in, in that, in that direction. So, yeah, I mean, this is a huge visit for Michigan. He's kind of the guy that I think for a long time, maybe early, early summer, late spring, it felt like Michigan was in really good shape just based off of the tea leaves. Now you're starting to see kind of who the, the, the major players are in this one, Michigan's maintaining the position there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is going to be their last real chance as a kid who, yeah, hasn't taken many visits, right. Anywhere. Uh, he's been very judicious in where he goes and when he goes, uh, so you got to think this is going to be Michigan's last really big shot uh, to impress. So, yeah, guys like this don't come around very often. I know he's got a little ways to go if, in the actual football part of the deal, but it doesn't matter. I mean, there's just this is what coaches dream of being able to mold a player like this. So, uh, huge, huge visit for Michigan for sure. Yeah, and I think I, I think the academic thing is real. Call me foolish or naive. But this is a kid who hasn't ever gotten less than an A. His dad is like an aerospace engineer. I mean, mom and dad push academics really super hard. If he gets an A minus, they're like, okay, why? Like legit, academics are a real thing for him. Uh, but there are other considerations like track. Track is a is a big one, and I I said before that I, to me, that would be my concern, my biggest concern if I if I was Michigan now. Uh, you know, his track coach, who I've talked to a good deal, and Nick, they both say, you know, Michigan is has shown itself to be formidable in that department, that that won't be a hindrance. So uh, that sounds good. Uh, but if they lose this battle, uh, I would think that that would be one of the reasons that they, they lose it. I think the proof would be in the pudding uh, in the long run when it comes to um, how big a factor that that really is or is it. So. Time will tell, or how big of an advantage 
that is or isn't for these other schools. Time will tell, but that's a that's a big one. We will profile it uh, before, during, and during and after that visit for sure. So definitely stay tuned to the MichiganInsider.com on that. Uh, another name for people to know, Bryce. I know you mentioned it on the board, but Nathan Nafobi. Yeah. So we, you know, we mentioned offensive line recruiting also being an emphasis in this cycle. Um, DJ Chester down the Peach State. He's a guy that we've talked about quite a bit, but Phoebe, he's a guy that they kind of offered later in the process. He got offered in late July. Um, Jerome Moore has been doing more evaluations throughout this process, kind of looking at guys a little later. I know he's been also wanting to see senior film, but this is a guy that he saw enough of in the summertime offered. Um, and there's instant strong interest from a phobia. I mean, he mentioned to me when I talked to him post offer that, you know, Michigan was a school that he fell in love with after watching the Ohio state game. And I was like, well, that was a pretty good, if you're going to watch a game, that was probably the best game you could watch for him. And he said, one of the reasons why is because David Ojabo, he's a huge fan of David Ojabo. And I thought that was interesting because, Obviously, they don't play the same position. You know, I know a phobia actually, a little sidebar, but he plays both sides of the ball. And a lot of colleges actually like him on the defensive line as well. So he's a guy that can play either side, but Michigan likes him more in the interior at guard at six foot four, 282 pounds. But, anyways, going back to this David Ojabo connection, I said, Well, what about him? And he said, Well, my mom's really tight with his mom. They actually went to school together. So that's an in. That's something you can kind of use as a feather in the cap. Again, we always say that's not a, you know, that's not going to seal the deal, but it definitely is not going to hurt for him. This is going to be his first time ever in Ann Arbor. He's a big time official visitor. I know they really like him, his potential. We talk about guys like Amir Herring, who has, I'm once he's got a very good his floor is super high, but if people talk about a ceiling, this is a guy of phobia where his ceiling is through the charts. And so this is a guy that right now he's very raw, he's very underdeveloped, but give him some time, give him some years in the weight room and kind of learning, you know, more about the intricates with offensive line and just focusing on one position. He could be really good there. A lot of schools have offered, especially down the SEC. And I think this is a guy that Michigan actually sits in a really good position. Depending on how this official visit goes, I might be putting in a crystal ball. I feel that good about Michigan's chances just going into this trip. We'll see where things go. Right. All right. So uh, we're going to talk to 24-7 Sports Basketball, National Basketball Recruiting Editor Eric Bossy to get our feel. Uh, the number one player in the country, Michigan, is one of the finalists for Isaiah Collier. He said a commitment date is coming soon, right? Papa Conte, that recruitment is heating up. We went to see Papa over the summer. Uh, the big man that plays over at South Kent uh, School. And then uh, we know that uh, Phil Martelli and Juwan Howard, they were over there recently. Uh, you know, uh, Howard Isley and Juwan were down to see um, Isaiah Collier recently. Uh, Got to get the latest and the greatest on, on those recruitment. I kind of, obviously, it feels like, Isaiah Collier might be trending elsewhere. SC's been getting a lot of buzz, right? Uh, SC and, and Cincinnati, who's also recruiting his, one of his teammates, uh, one of his, um, his AAU and high school teammates that they have in common, and they've been talking about going to school together. So want to get Eric's take on that. 
uh, before we transition over to part two, you got a chance to talk to a basketball recruit here uh, just last week who was on campus for his uh, visit, 2024 point guard, Travis Perry. What did you think? Bryce talking to him. Yeah, so he's a 6'2", 175-pound floor general point guard, obviously. One of the top guys. I think he is the top guy in the state of Kentucky. And he actually has an offer from Kentucky. So a lot of people just, I guess, presume or figure that he's going to stay home. But he's taken a lot of looks at different schools, especially in the Midwest. Prior to Michigan, he took a trip to Purdue, followed that up with a trip to Ann Arbor. And one of the things I, you know, talk to people in a circle, and I, especially with him, Jawan Howard and Phil Martelli are making him a big priority. I mean, he really felt the love from those two coaches, especially. And he enjoyed his time. He's a big golfer. He got to hit some golf balls and stuff, go to the driving range, check out, you know, the Michigan golf course, see more of the campus, different areas that maybe normal recruits wouldn't be as necessarily interested in. But he overall had a good time. He really enjoyed it. I think Michigan has a pretty good shot there. You know, I know he's not the highest rated guy that they're recruiting, especially at that position in certain cycles, but he's a guy that they like really much. And so we'll see where things go. I know they have a point guard committed in his class and Christian Anderson, who's actually coming up for the Maryland game. That's going to be his official visit. But this is a guy that they really like. They think he fits in their system, and he's just – he's calm and collected. You know, when you watch him play, he's not going to wow you with, you know, his athleticism or speed or anything. He's not no Doug McDaniel, you know, out there on the floor. But, again, he's sturdy, he's reliable, and he's what you want from a point guard, just like a Simpson was. And look at him. He wasn't the greatest athlete or the greatest shooter. And I'm not saying Perry's not the greatest shooter. I think he's – a little better than obviously Simpson, but he's a guy where you trust him to lead the team, get those wins. And if you go to a hostile environment in Columbus or East Lansing, you feel comfortable with him having the ball in his hands at the end of the game. No doubt. No doubt. Great stuff. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to have the basketball recruiting portion be in part two because we went hard in the paint on football recruiting. Don't want that to get buried. So we'll make that part two. Be sure to check out the basketball recruiting portion of this week's Michigan Recruiting Insider. But remember, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts. Of course, if you like watching it on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. And of course, if you really, really want to stay up to date, up to speed, know all the ins and outs when it comes to Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting, be sure to go over to the michiganinsider.com. That's where it all goes down. $1 gets you in for your first month. Uh, and once you get in for your first month, then you're hooked because you got the message board. You got the VIP access to all 24-7 sports sites. All the intel that you want to see, you can find it over on the michiganinsider.com. And then once you become a full-paying member, then you also get Paramount+. Plus. Great bang for your buck when you get a michiganinsider.com subscription. So with that, Another edition in the books. We thanks for thank you for hanging out with us. We'll see you next time on the Michigan Recruiting Insight.